Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, niggas and crackers, guys, gals, and, and non-binary pals, hot girls and city boys, saints and ain'ts, and, and all our Harlem family, family. Welcome, welcome to your very own podcast. Everybody, salutations. We are Harlem's very own. Once again, your uh, magnificent co host, I'm Justin, aka Darth Fader, aka Addison DeWitt, aka Kid Kingpin, joined by my brother. Yo, what's up? It's Jude, aka Henny Kravitz, aka Mike Lowry, aka From Now On, That's How You Drive, aka Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> and we're joined by three guests today for a very special yeah. episode, starting with Sonia. Hey guys, it's Sonia, aka Commando, aka Badass Motherfucking Mom. <laughs> There's so many AKAs, aka Angela Davis, all in one. Mm. Nice to see my brothers here and nice to meet everyone out there in podcast land. Sonia, thank you for correcting yes, me. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, following up, we have our boy Jeff here. Yeah, hey guys, it's uh, Jeffrey, a.k.a. Han Soto, a.k.a. Captain Latin America, a.k.a. The Fridge, a.k.a. Live Fast, Die Fit. What's up, guys? Happy to be here. And Joe, you can go ahead. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> what's going on, y'all? My name is Joe, uh, a.k.a. Fit to Conquer, a.k.a. Hitman, a.k.a. Black Spartacus. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was fire, right? That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. Um, by now, you guys know this episode is called Brolic Knowledge. It's the second entry in our mini-series, The Rona Records. Um, we really want to use the opportunity that we have with everyone home to kind of um, just provide different perspectives. And we have three fitness experts here. Um, and I'm, you know, really, I'm going to pass this over to Jude because he is, of the two of us, the one who um, knows what he's talking about more. Um, and I'm just going to be here kind of taking as many notes as I can. So take it away, Jude. All right. Well, um, first off, I would like to say that fitness has been a big part of my life and it got me to know Justin. Um, me and him have been training together for like, what, five years now, you said? Five years, yeah. And also Jeffrey. And it's gotten me able to uh, meet a whole amazing group of people such as Sonia and meeting Joseph through Justin. So it's been a real big part of my life as of the last maybe 10 years. But um, with all that's going on with COVID, things are changing when it comes to fitness. Like I know mm-hmm. you guys are having uh, remote clients and remote classes, but um, something I wanted to ask is um, cause I see fitness as like the, as a preventative measure in, in healthcare, you know, you guys prevent, you know, falls, um, diseases, like um, nutritionists when it comes to uh, eating mm-hmm. and uh, other forms of uh, health that I can't even name right now. <laughs> Before, when push comes to shove with cancer and all that other stuff, you are the preventative. You are, you know, the first line of defense. In what way has COVID changed the way you thought about health and your part in your client's health? Yeah. And also, along that note, like, if you guys want to give, I guess, like an introduction to how you got into fitness, you know, to kind of narrate that whole change from, you know, before to uh, pre-COVID to to post-COVID or during COVID. Um, so we can start with Sonia. So, 
Um, well, just, I guess a short history and how I got into fitness. I, um, I started working out, I guess, sort of kind of in like junior high. I'm literally old enough to be all y'all's mom. So, <laughs> um, so going forward, um, once I got into college, when I really started to work out and I have two brothers who are three years older, three years younger, they're both athletes. Um, I was not an athlete, although I'm very athletic, um, but I never like competed in any sports until I got much older. And so I used fitness as a way to um, help me not really overcome depression, but to more so help me manage it. And mm -hmm. it helped. And I, and I loved it. So I said, this thing truly does work. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep going and keep doing it. Now, granted later, I, you know, I got married, married very, very young. Mm -hmm. um, but kind of at the end of my college, um, you know, before I finished college and had kids. And so, you know, things happened. My ex-husband worked out a lot. So we worked out a lot together. So that was good. Um, and then eventually I, you know, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in fitness and I thought, Oh, well, maybe I want to be a personal trainer. Cause I'm also a social worker by trade, which I also love. Okay. And as Sagittarius, you like a hell of a lot of things, mm -hmm. like a lot. <laughs> so we can't be boxed in. Um, so I ended up finding Pilates from another black woman. Um, and I thought to myself, well, why doesn't the black community know about this? Um, it's great. And so I decided to get I decided to get certified and also at the other, at the same time, I was also acting and singing and all that stuff. Cause I also do musical theater and all that kind of stuff. I'm a Get trained uh, classical singer as well. A lot of people don't know that about me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I didn't before, know that. Does Quincy know? Yes. He knows oh, about sure. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He knows everything about me. <laughs> <laughs> Quincy Q France, our brother yeah. in bars. Oh yeah. That's my partner in crime. I'll kill somebody over him. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I got started. And I mean, I've been teaching for about 13 years and um, full time. I've probably been teaching for about eight of those nice. um, in regards to how COVID has changed my thinking on on health, um, particularly for my black community. And if you guys have looked through my Instagram at all, you'll mm -hmm. notice that my focus is primarily on the black community, although why people pay my bills um, <laughs> my focus primarily is on the black community. And so what I have seen is that I've had a bigger focus on health for my community, because if you look at the news, the, the people who are dying the most are folks in our community, in our black community, in our Brown community, mm -hmm. um, because we are all the essential workers um, they, you know, in our communities, there's less, um, you know, it's food deserts, all kinds of things, you know, we don't get the best, best healthcare or the best hospitals. So you're going to see more black and brown clients. I mean, not clients, but people, um, dying from COVID. Um, we don't have access to, you know, medical care and things like that. So, um, so I've, you know, I've made it a mission even previously before that to serve my black community as much as possible, mm -hmm. um, which that might mean even doing like free classes for people. And most of the time, you know, they'll still like pay anyway. But, you know, I offer free classes to, to black people specifically. And, um, you know, 
hopefully I'll have another one for black men and stuff like that. Um, but I just feel like as fitness professionals in particularly, especially for all of us, because we're all, we're all black and brown, um, that it's important that we don't leave our communities behind, especially during this time, mm-hmm. um, that we put more emphasis on our communities because nobody's going to save our communities but us because they don't really give a shit to be honest mm-hmm. they don't give a goddamn um, but we have to give a damn about our communities because they're not going to come and save us and even if that means you know they pay our bills which is fine pay my bills but i'm not going to let my community um suffer um mm-hmm. especially during this time so that's kind of like what this whole thing has um, triggered for me and how my mindset has kind of changed about the importance of health. And I also have a mom who just recently turned 75 who lives in Texas and, uh, you know, she, she works for a cardiologist office and, you know, she and my brother live in a small town and I mean, they're still going to work, you know, cause they're essential workers. And so I worry about them. You know, my older brother's Let's see, he's 54. And then my, you know, my mom's 75. I mean, you know, it's scary. And although the cases are smaller in the small town, it's still large, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I worry about them too, you know, what can I do to kind of help them, you know, stay healthy and, and things like that um, so that they won't, you know, get COVID. So, yeah, so that's kind of where I am. Um, that's how I started. And that's where I am today mm-hmm. with this whole COVID fiasco. Hmm. Thank you. Um, Jeffrey? Yeah, so um, with my experience, uh, it's actually, it came from a different route. It came more like from, you know, trying to get a better understanding of what I wanted as far as just like my image with people, right? So like, I'm pretty sure uh, most of us have gone through this where, you know, high school's coming up, you know, you're trying to like, get the flyest gear. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to like have this image, right? And so- Trying to get the shorties, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now they're good. So, you know, I went through this phase where I would, you know, cop like Supreme uh, uh, Billionaire's Boys Club ice cream back in like 2008 when mm-hmm. it wasn't too much hype, but there was still some hype. And I realized like, yes, I had, I spent the money on the clothes. I felt <coughs> great, but- I didn't really like how I looked in the clothes. Mm. And so that's when I realized I'm like, I can spend thousands of dollars on, you know, whatever gear I want. But if I don't have the right look when I'm wearing it, then that's, you know, my concern. And so that's really what started it. Um, Because then from there, I started to take fitness a little bit more seriously in the sense of, you know, well, what exactly goes into building muscle? Is it... Mm. You know, how many times I go? Is it what I eat? Is it how much I sleep? And then through my experience and just trial and error, you know, obviously the answer is all of them, right? You know, I think that one of the biggest things I learned um, that allowed me to get to a point where I was at is that the body is so complex, right? And our, you know, our human behavior is so complex and what motivates us, what doesn't motivate us. And you know, if you understand that there is no real simple answer to get you from point A to point B, then that's what allows you to understand fitness more on a uh, lifestyle um, point of view. Because growing up, um, 
growing up in the projects in uh in Jefferson uh houses I didn't really get too much uh you know information around nutrition and you know what exactly uh does a uh, a gram of protein translate to or mm. you know if I should be eating more meat or if I should be eating more beans and in a Spanish household you for the most part eat meat right <laughs> beans tortillas yeah, yeah. whatever right especially being Mexican and you know, just wanted to get a better understanding of that. And so that led me to uh, get certified through NASM. NASM is a great, I think, uh, certification to kind of lay the foundation. And then from there, um, I uh, started looking into certifications because then just like I'm assuming everyone has experience, you know, you start to realize you get shoulder pain or you start to realize that, you know, your legs don't feel this great or, you know, you just felt like you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And so from that, just, you know, I uh, thrown in the uh, the signs here, being a Taurus, right? I'm super stubborn. Hmm. So, like, I had this foot pain that was bothering me for, like, two, three years, even before I started working out. And I went to the doctors. They ended up giving me um, these uh, shoe fillers so that my foot could, you know, be better positioned. But to me, I want to know why. I wanted to know why my foot got in that position. What did I do or what happened to me that caused me to get there? And that was super frustrating because the doctors really wouldn't give me an answer because then obviously they don't know my lifestyle. They don't know what I've been doing. Mm. And so that caused me to, you know, look into certifications. And the one I came up uh, or I found was stick mobility. Now stick mobility is a, a certification based on using leverage uh, using the sticks as leverage and irritation, you know, contraction of the muscles, isometric contractions. Um, and so once I was exposed to that world of understanding, like how we train our body really dictates how our body will react to stress during like athletic movement or, or sparring and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That was like the biggest insight that I've gained. And from there, you know, uh, now going dealing with the, uh, the COVID, uh, you know, pandemic, I started to realize that because we're sitting and we're home a lot more, or at least for the most part, everyone is, um, looking at sitting as an exercise, you know, we all talk about like squats and, and stuff like that, but nobody really looks at sitting as an exercise. And what I mean by that is that the more we sit, the more the body becomes efficient at sitting. Right. Mm. And so what I mean by that is, if I, like, like all of us here, right, we do remote teaching. And I know for the most part, I spend at least half of the session sitting because of um, I'm coaching them. I'm coaching clients and stuff like that. And so I'll get up and I realize my hips are tight. And I realize uh, just my body reacting to me sitting more often. And so that's where the, you know, the light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, great. I'm doing something for, you know, my client to help them feel better in the moment. But what's happening, you know, the rest of the 23 hours and what plan can I give them to, you know, make them more efficient at maintaining their mobility? Mm-hmm. So that's really been my key focus uh, with remote training during the pandemic is just really getting people to understand that your what you do to your body, whether you think it's something trivial or not, has an effect. And, yeah. you know, as we get the reps in, just like you would in a squat your body's just going to get better and better and it's going to adapt. So I think um, that's, that's really what I think has been helping my clients get a better understanding of how to deal with being closed indoors 
right? Um, some people will obviously follow the rules more than others, but you know, I think that's that's really been my the main theme for the training. Yeah. Fantastic. And Joseph? Can you repeat the question for me? Okay, yeah, no, I got you. So uh, and I got you, I got you. No, it's great. Um, so introduce how you got into fitness, uh how you got started, all that. And then um what I wanted to ask was um in what way has COVID changed the way you thought about health and your part in your client's health? Okay. Um, so the way I got into fitness was about, uh, three, about three years ago now. Um, I got started actually with, so I was a part of a youth group for a church and, um, I was super close with my, um, youth group pastor and, uh, we decided to go to the gym together. But previously before that, you know, I was struggling with family issues when it came to my parents' divorce. I mean, I was struggling with it for years, I think throughout high school and um junior high because i we moved out of my dad's place in the bronx when uh, i was 14. um so the closer i got to being 21 years old um that's when i was like you know what like i need to make a change i need to make a difference i need to feel more like the man of the household um not saying that my dad wasn't there because he's still an active father he's still you know great um i still see him it's um we're on a good good you mm -hmm. know like level playing field um, and he's great with my mom as well. Um, my mom did remarry and he has his, um, relationship with his girlfriend. Um, but yeah, but I just wanted to feel, felt, yeah, yeah. I, th yeah. I wanted to feel like the man of the house um, because there was no man in the house at the time. Yeah. Um, Is it just you, like you and your mom or, uh, so sister? currently, so it was me, my mom and my little sister. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so I wanted to feel like the man of the house. I wanted to change. I wanted a difference. So I was like, you know what? Um, I think I want to get into more fitness because I was already athletic. Um, I was playing baseball and basketball in high school. Um, my dad was obviously able to come because of distance and the times of the games and he worked. Mm. Um, so I joined the youth group, uh, met a lot of amazing people that I'm still connecting with today. Um, but my youth pastor was like, Hey, like I'm into fitness as well. I used to be athletic. Um, would you want to go to a gym together? So he was like, yeah, of course. So we started this fitness journey together. And that's where it literally took off. I mean, I fell in love the first moment we went and um, progressing towards going to Pace University. Um, I met a girl who was amazing. She's still my friend today. And that's where my brand started, Fit to Conquer. Um, she helped me with that. And um, since then, like, it's just become such a platform for people who um, is just able to conquer their everyday lifestyle or any obstacles that they're over trying to overcome or just past things. Um, Cause I didn't want to make the brand that we've created or that I've created um, to be set in stone on one thing, like mm -hmm. Joe's lifestyle or body by Joe. I want it to be something to where the world can like kind of make it their own foundation, which was fit to conquer whatever mm -hmm. it is. Um, so yeah, so the fitness journey started um, then um, it's grown a lot since it's created like a lot of opportunities for me and um, it helped shape me into the person I am today, which is helping inspire people to inspire people. Mm. Um, as far as um, the COVID crisis that's been going on, um, I can say like it definitely took a toll on trainers, um, the way they interact with people. Um, but it, I feel like for me, it didn't really take anything out of the equation other than the fact that I can't uh, physically be with the client. Um, like 
for instance, like on Zoom, I would, you know, just be with the client and kind of train them through whatever it is. And it kind of made it feel more intimate because like, it's like we're video chatting now, you mm. know what I'm saying? Instead of being around a hundred other people and then it's me and them. Right. Now it's like more intimate, um, which is amazing. So for me, like it hasn't really changed. Um, if anything, it made us feel more connected as not just trainer and client, but more as friends and me having a leverage in helping them become better. That's great. Have um, either of you two, Jeffrey or Sonia, felt the same intimacy that um, Joseph has felt? Yeah, I think um, I definitely feel closer to the clients. I, I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. I think also um, just being very like careful in, in the language, like verbiage and how to get your mm-hmm. point across without making them feel like um, anything other than you're trying to help them. Right. So yeah. I, I totally agree with Joseph. I think uh, uh, it's it's changed for the better for me. I think it. I put so much more energy. I definitely have stepped up my energy and just yeah. uh, layout of exercise due to this. So ha- have you felt the same way, uh, Joseph? Yeah, no, 100 um, percent. It kind of put trainers like us in a new like horizon, like a new like I feel mm. like train it like now, like we've leveled up because now we have not only like physical interactions where our communication skills are great, but now like we're shaping into a more virtual reaction um, output to where we're watching what we say and we're making them feel that they're not alone, um, mm-hmm. even though we're training through the computer. You know what I'm saying? They're still getting the motivation. Um, they're still getting the energy to like keep pushing. They're still getting the form corrections and stuff like that. So if anything, kind of just leveled up where I was from if that makes sense mm-hmm. you feel the same way sonia um yeah i i mean you know i <laughs> i certainly haven't changed my teaching style much other than the fact that um i'm also a very hands-on teacher and so i've had to like pivot mm. you know because now there's nothing you, you can't go over and you can't adjust someone you have mm. to like think up as many you know verbal cues as possible right. mm-hmm. um but, you know, connecting with my clients, I think for me, um, I, my classes are only about eight people. So, um, you know, versus like what, what Joseph, he has much larger classes. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it might be a little bit more difficult. And I'm not sure if you teach classes at all, Jeffrey, or. Uh, no, I mainly stick to like one-on-one. So, okay. So yeah, so you can feel a little, so you have a little bit more deeper connection to your mm-hmm. clients. And I'm sure you probably do, Joe, if you have like personal training clients, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, with my classes, I've created like this community um, for them. And so I've, I've translated that community from in-person to virtual. Mm. And so I pretty much tell him like, I'm the same motherfucker that I was in class. That's <laughs> how I talk. A hundred percent. I literally talked to. Ain't nothing like, changed. Yeah. These no. are 60, 70, 80 year old white people that I talked to just like that. I said, I'm the same motherfucker who was in class. Mm-hmm. The same shit. Same, you know, different day, you know, and they just laugh it off. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. Oh, she's the same. But I think what makes it a little bit more intimate is the fact that you get to see them in their own environment, Mm -hmm. you know, versus like Mm -hmm. um, in front of you. Because, you know, we present differently outside of our homes than we do inside of our homes. 
Mm -hmm. Right. But when you're in someone's home and you can actually even if you don't see the whole home, you can see like, oh, that's kind of who they are. You know, mm -hmm. so it becomes a little bit it, it, it becomes more intimate because, you know, they've literally invited you in, into their home so that yeah. they can do their session or their class and stuff like that. So, you know, you get to see their dogs, cats, excuse me, kids, husbands, partners, whoever, mm. you know, and all the sights and sounds that's in their house. So. Um, so, yeah, I think that they and then, you know, they also get to see another side of me because I'm in my bedroom. You know, they get to see all my black ass books behind me and yeah. <laughs> all that stuff, my Black Panther that's up there. I mean, yeah. they get to see all those things and see what, you know, my home is like. And so it kind of breaks down those walls. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're able to talk even more openly about, you know, what's going on, even though that was something that I felt like I created with them or we created together. Um, that is definitely, it's definitely uh, much different. And, you know, it's quite pleasant too, you know, um, to be able to see them in, in their own environment. And they, you know, and I think now that they've gotten used to the virtual thing, they feel a lot more comfortable. You know, mm -hmm. now they're just like, oh, okay, this is not bad. I really like this. Mm. Uh, and I think they feel more connected to me as a person mm. uh, than they did in, in the studio. I'm curious, just, um, you know, what you said, Sonia, reminded me like of our friend uh, Rick, uh, Jeff oh. and Jude. Um, mm -hmm. he, uh, um, he focuses a lot on senior citizens. And he's mm -hmm. also, his fitness <clears throat> practice is also like, he's studying to become a, an actual medical doctor on top of everything. So a psychologist. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, really? Oh, wow. Psychology. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, his girlfriend, Angie, another friend of ours yeah. is um, trauma. Oh, mm -hmm. got you. Okay. So um, yeah, I was wondering if like, for those of you who do have older clients, how this situation, considering how like, I mean, this is being, you know, for a long time, it was, um, uh, it was being kind of pegged as the old person plague, how that, how that's changed your interactions with your older clients. If you have them, whoever wants to take that first. I mean, obviously we're virtual anyway, but like, has there any, has there been any <laughs> drop off as far as like, even, even once outside opens again, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to continue this relationship, you know, or is that something that you guys have considered yeah, I, I'll, I'll talk first. Um, yeah, my experience with that has been that, yeah, I have um, five clients that have explicitly said, hey, listen, I want to maintain this moving forward. Mm. I don't know how things are going to go when they, you know, mm. uh, when gyms open up or whatever, but he just doesn't, I mean, he and she, a few mm. clients just don't want to deal with that rush of people going back. Yes. I mean, right now, I know there's probably um hundreds of meetings on how to go about reopening gyms and how to limit you know yeah. classes to a certain amount of um people and you know all these things that are just changing and a lot the majority of my clients just don't want to deal with it i mean i had one guy that purchased uh the power block dumbbells which are like 500 bucks and he purchased that with the idea of not going back to the gym for the foreseeable future Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think I think um, and I think it's the best choice. I think, you know, we are, you know, some of us are being more exposed to the outside environment than others. So, you know, you get this big collective group of people that half of them have been exposed to the environment uh, and half of them haven't. And then you just get like what I think the government is trying to um, you know, prevent is this second wave. 
yeah. of, of yeah. doing it. So I, I totally encourage them and I'm, I'm happy to do it. I, I, I don't get me wrong though. I would not uh, hesitate in going and training someone one-on-one as well. Mm. Just I think there are some people that enjoy that and that's the only really way they can train. So I think respecting people that, you know, want that one-on-one training and not trying to push virtual training as something like, Oh yeah, you need this. I don't care. You know, you need this. No, I think we should respect everyone's decision and yeah. Yeah. And that kind of builds off of what I wanted to ask uh, after that was uh, after COVID, what do you think fitness will look like, you know, with um, in terms of open gyms, classes and one-on-one training and like, what's it going to look like after this? Will it just be virtual or like here on zoom or well, because I remember I saw something where there's like treadmills, but there's like they're basically Partitions. like cubicles now. <laughs> yeah, they're well, basically I'll like cubicles I'll add now. One, yeah, I'll add one comment off before I pass it off to Sonia. Um, I think virtual training will be the best thing that ever happened to the fitness industry because I know that when I had clients that would go on vacation, had clients that could not come in because of whatever reason, right? We we saw that I saw that as a huge, huge uh, obstacle because, mm-hmm. you know, with fitness, everything is about consistency and building, building habits. Right. So mm-hmm. if we have these lifestyle things that happen to us um, now, we have that option to sustain our training. It may not be, mm-hmm. you know, right on par with what we're doing in house, but still it's something right. that, that keeps those levels. Yes. Yeah, so I'll pass it on to Sonia. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, I, you know, I definitely agree. It's, you know, um, when I worked at Equinox, you know, it was pretty hard. Your client leaves and, you know, they decide they're going to go to Monaco for two or three months. You know, what are you going to do? You know, it's just like, and they're the, per- that's, they're the very person who bought like that 48 pack that cost like, you know, three or four grand. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're not going to get that money because you're not training them. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly agree that, you know, the virtual, I agree with you, Jeffrey, in that um, training virtually is what it's the best thing that's happened to us. You know, um, you know, we can, we can still, we can manage our own schedule, you know, and things like that. It's not so bad, like having to, I mean, you're literally rolling out of your bed, throw on something, open up your computer, boom, you yeah. know, and you're ready to go or whatever. And most of the time, you know, you don't have to do you don't have to do anything. You just have to coach them, coach them through it. You know, sometimes mm. you might have to like um, demonstrate or something like that, but you know, you can't be demonstrating for like six and seven hours a day. Mm. You know? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's definitely going to be different. Who it's going to affect the most is um, the larger, the larger gyms and um, you know, probably some of the boutique places because now they're going to have to, decrease the amount of people in their classes and then it's going to cost them to put up all of this plexiglass and all this stuff Mm -hmm. they're going to have to pay more um they're going to have to pay their janitorial staff more which they should uh because they're going to have to constantly be cleaning because you cannot um you can't have um, maybe in smaller boutique places, but someplace like, you know, Barry's Boot Camp is very, very large. Um, you mm. cannot have the staff cleaning up after all these people and even mm. having the people clean up after themselves because they don't, everybody don't clean the way your mama taught you. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> nope. and we all have, 
we all have those moms, yeah. right? And so um, everybody don't clean like us or our mom. And so they're going to have to start paying those folks more, which they should. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that they're probably going to lose a good majority of their clients. And, you know, we're going to find ourselves as instructors and trainers, you know, kind of taking on that influx of clients um, mm-hmm. because they don't want to go back. You know, they're, they're afraid. And, um, you know, doubling back to the, you know, uh, older clients, um, granted, you know, the clients that I work with at the Pilates studio, most of them are, you know, they are older and they're in that age range where they are more susceptible to COVID. You know, a lot of them are pretty fine with where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them are already, they're retired. So they're just cruising they're around, yeah. whatever, you know, they're just chilling. They got money. They got four or five houses or whatever. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they're like, Hey, I'm cool. If I don't go back, um, you know, those are my class client clients, but like my clients who do one-on-ones with me, you know, um, I think it, you know, that may not, that may not be an issue necessarily because with our studio, we'll probably just have fewer people in the studio. Hmm. Um, and we have a, all of our studios are very, very large. So we have space to be able to do that, but it is going to cost them, you know, a lot. I mean, I think, you know, again, like Jeffrey said, um, we're going to end up with the uh, with the with the larger stick, <laughs> yeah. when, you know, whereas before we weren't ending up with the larger stick, like yeah, the, the boutique place, to, the yeah. gym, whatever the studio, like they're getting, you know, 70 percent, sometimes 80 percent, depending on who you're working for. You know, whereas now our clients are like, fuck them. I'm not going there. Yeah. I'll just, I'm just going like what what time are we showing up? where do I send my check and I'm good? You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I two think quick, that's what's going to happen. Two quick points, Sonia, before I throw it to Joe um, for Jude's question um, is uh, when you said boutique gyms, I thought of a friend of mine who works at Peloton or for Peloton. Mm-hmm. I'm not even yeah. really sure. I mean, it's so the way he like describes it. It's like, it's this like elite cult that like, it's like, you know, <laughs> Peloton is in a gym. It's, it's, it's an idea. It's a belief. So it's an idea. what's he selling you a multi-level marketing scheme? Yeah, it like, sounds like a pyramid scheme, but, it, but um, mm-hmm. no, I, I thought about it. I mean, like these places that are kind of these new wave, um, they're, they're, they're almost, uh, they're, they're clubs really. They're like membership clubs. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, you know, Jeff, you work at Equinox, which is in itself in like the upper echelon of, of obviously fitness uh, gyms, mm-hmm. but it's, I was also just thinking like the whole virtual reorientation of the world now is funny because it's not like any of this technology is new. And exactly. what I was thinking of, like, it's not like the, we, we couldn't have done this before. And I, and it, it hit me when I had a professor who was like, honestly, I think we could use Zoom even if there's like snow days, like you can't come to campus, but like we can still- Yo, chill, give us snow day. But it's like- <laughs> no, it's like, wait, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's like, wait, that's actually true. Like we just but, accidented ourselves yeah. into, you know, um, this, this understanding of the technology that we've always had. It's like, you know, we, mm-hmm. we didn't, you, some, for some reason, yeah, we didn't think that like, but yeah, if, if, your clients making a trip and granted, like they could be making like a trip just to like vacation and they don't want to work out, but it's like, it's a business trip. I don't have time for it. It's like, well, just 30 minutes. You could, you could FaceTime me, dude. It's not even, we don't even. But don't don't you find it interesting though, Jeffrey, and probably Joe too. Um, I mean, I definitely know about Equinox. I know about Equinox, but 
before then, and maybe this is more directed towards Jeffrey, before then, um, when clients will leave, that would have never, ever, ever, ever been an option for them. Oh, yeah. And, and, oh, and virtual. No, never. And probably even for, I don't know if you train, uh, do you train um, individually for Barry's Bootcamp or do you have your folks outside of them? Um, so a lot of my clients um, that I train one-on-one um, actually take my classes at Barry's as well. Mm-hmm. which is cool. So they kind of get like that, that group fitness kind of like hit training. And then they get like the, the ISO trains where they go for like their heavy lifting or they just mm-hmm. go for their reps, but they're not timed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. which is cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. The, they would have never, and damn Equinox would just absolutely not like for the stuff that they are, the fact that they're, they're still paying you guys. Well, I don't know if they're still paying you as a trainer, but I know my friend, works or no is barry still paying you oh yeah yeah we still we yeah. have our barry's I mean, at have home classes now. cut the check yeah, barry's at home now yeah <laughs> yo i'm a lifeguard i'm still getting paid really yeah. i'm a lifeguard at asshole green i'm still getting paid they just really hooked the kid up and that's like and you should a senior set a senior citizen equinox that's all <laughs> green is. yeah uh-huh but they you know these places would have never um considered um you training virtually they just wouldn't and that's why not they have such um they have such a hold on the clients um they're it's almost like um you know like if you if you leave um equinox or any of these places you know then they literally expect the client to stay there so like so you just think that just because i've been here for five years and i've been training this client for five years and we ain't got a rip that we don't have a relationship that I don't have their number. They don't have my number. So they're just going to be like, Oh, okay. Bye. Some mm. of them will, but the majority of them will not because they have, you developed this relationship with them. Yeah. And they're like, I'm not going to train with anybody else, but Jeffrey. So sorry, dude, I can say 220 something dollars or $300. And I just go train with him and pay him because I know it's going um, directly to that him. he's only getting 30%. If not that much. So I would rather give him the money versus mm-hmm. you, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that they're yeah. going to see a surge of that. Um, and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden they're having to change their mindset um, on virtual training because it's either that or you're going to see a lot of members leave. And then a lot of members are going to leave because, you know, it's like you said, they just, a lot of them just don't want to, they don't want to come back. They're like, you know, fuck, fuck that shit. I got people at home that could be, you know, I can infect or, you know, whatever. They just don't, they don't want mm-hmm. to, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think to, to answer uh, both um, Sonia's and uh, Jude's question, I think before they didn't want virtual training because they didn't have a platform for it. Right. So like, like uh, Justin mm-hmm. said, you know, um, Equinox is, it's a lifestyle brand. It it's is. Love. It's, mm-hmm. I think people look at Equinox more, for the amenities rather than like the actual equipment. Yeah. I, I mean, I work at a, um, at Columbus circle and it's one of the best uh, clubs. Oh, that's the one I used to work at. Oh yeah. So you're familiar oh with my it. God, so, yeah. So it's, it's a nice space. Still there. Be, uh, besides it being in the basement. I mean, that's, that's right. a bummer. but um, mm-hmm. my point being that the, the, they're, they're very concerned with their brand and they're very concerned with maintaining that, upper 10% of mm-hmm. just like member experience, right? When they mm-hmm. go into a club. So I've been doing 
virtual training for Equinox, I have, uh, like I said, I have privates, but when I'm working for my Equinox clients, we're now using Lyft Sessions. And so Lyft Sessions is this platform that allows a trainer to become really, really creative with what they do. And the feedback I've been getting from my clients is they love it. So mm-hmm. I think in the past, uh, I agree with you, Sonia, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even let you bring it up as a possible solution to a client going on vacation. That's really interesting. Now, but now that they have the platform and they're getting amazing feedback and the price point never changed, by the way. So well. that to me, <laughs> right off the bat, I'll be real with you guys. I was like, how am I going to tell, you know, person A that they should pay the same amount of price for, um, for the training that they were getting in-house with me, you know, being there, putting them through the workouts physically and manually versus um being now virtual but you still have to pay the same price and so like i said i didn't agree with it but because of the platform i still don't think it should be the same price but then again you have to look at equinox as a whole then now are we going to devalue ourselves or are we going to try to create more value to compensate Mm. for what's happened yeah they just took the other route which i don't blame them i probably would have done it mm. you know the shareholders probably would have been too happy to know that they're downgrading their prices and you know yeah. i don't think they still have to pay trump you know so but you know what's funny <laughs> is that trips. that lift um i actually i met the i met the guy years ago who started lift we actually um how did oh, i l-i-f-t like yeah, right yeah l-i-f-t I met him at the onset of that program and we met out in the park and he was telling me about it and this, you know, this, that, and the third. And at that time he had not um, presented it to, to Equinox, but he was thinking about it. And I was like, okay, good luck. Um, And obviously um, they, they, they took it, but they only took it for um, the, was it level four training? Like the, you know, the upper echelon folks, they only did it for them. Um, not for like your folks outside of that little room where you have to put your hand there and yeah. eyes and the all men that. in black shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're only they're only doing it for like Kanye West and all those people like that or whatever. Um, I don't yeah. think, and they probably just recently, I bet, um, allowed you guys to use Lyft because then it was a no go. Okay. Yeah, no, it's been uh it's been a month. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, well, what about you? What's your experience like Joseph? Is it is it like um some um, So as as far as Barry's um it didn't really become challenging in the sense it became more of like a like a energy surge because we started marketing um Barry's at home and then we started selling um not the equipment we have, but like the manufacturers were making more equipment that we were able to sell online. So like mm. people were buying benches off of our website, mm. um, resistance mm. bands, booty bands, like all the yeah. cousins of the bands. <laughs> um, at one point we, we sold um, dumbbells as well. And those sold out within the day, like literally oh, wow. wiped out. And I, as a trainer, like I didn't even get any, which was the crazy thing. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's showing you like how fast, like, the clients just took the dumbbells. Yo, um, we sell the red lights as well, which is crazy. And Barry's at home <laughs> became, yeah, like Barry's at home literally became like such a massive wave that um, 
once we do open up, um, we are taking precautions as in how many people are allowed to be in the red room with the trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, the health regulations is going to be on steroids when it comes to cleaning the room, uh, making sure that we have even more people on maintenance, stuff like that. Um, but they're keeping barriers at home, which is going to be amazing for like, um, Jeffrey said about people who are like traveling, um, people who want to do a quick workout in their hotel room before they hit the beach, stuff like that, which is cool. Or I've, I've even had clients, um, like around this time, normally I'd be in the Hamptons training in the Hamptons, um, berries. Um, and I had clients that were in the Hamptons on the beach, literally taking my live classes, which was amazing. Mm. Um, so I, it didn't really take a mass effect. Um, I do think that we're not going to get as much clientele as we did before. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a drastic thing. Um, just because the barriers community is like so intensely connected, mm-hmm. um, that we have a lot of people are like, we want to get back into the rare room. Um, yeah. but the barriers at home is definitely going to stay, uh, for the much older people, um, the much mm-hmm. older clients we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just any of the clients who want to just, be at home and you know be in their own comfort which is cool yeah man yo but um i also want to get into getting out of um the umbrellas of big gyms like equinox berries blink or whatever how's covid going to like is it pushing you to be more independent with your training to like make it your business not yeah that's a good question especially like based off of what everything you guys are saying financially right like you know Mm -hmm. the kind of um uh the trust that is obviously engendered between you and your client individually and then that like that knowledge on the sort of macro level of i know that when i'm paying you know this gym Mm -hmm. it's giving you a percentage of of what i'm paying them but like i want you to get more you know so yeah i think that's a great question jude like who among you and i mean joe maybe you could start because you have fit to conquer which is like Mm -hmm. obviously Mm -hmm. that's separate from barry's um boot camp so how does that you know um how do you see that manifesting itself um as in with the covid crisis and like yeah, I guess, or or more, yeah, as a as a, a long Jude's question, as a as a fitness um, brand, and mm-hmm. yeah, I guess taking into consideration as everyone has to with everything. Um, yeah. Coronavirus. Um, I mean, my brand is well, the Fit to Conquer brand is solely based on lifestyle and gotcha. being able to conquer whatever is thrown at you. Mm-hmm. Um, tying that in with berries. Um, Barry's is like the official brand of people coming together and working out and just having the best time of their lives, literally Mm -hmm. in a club, but this time you're working out at the Mm -hmm. same time. Um, I don't think the COVID crisis has changed the Fit to Conquer brand um, as well as the Barry's brand. I think it, if anything, it kind of heightened it, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, Because I always, um, not necessarily preach, but I always live out the lifestyle so that way you not only hear me talk about it, but see mm-hmm. my actions. Right. It's showing that the Fit to Conquer brand is more of coming together and building people up and helping people achieve whatever they put their eyes on. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. the Barry's brand helped me with that because it allowed me to actually bring more people into a certain environment and help them build. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So in a sense, I think I would say that the COVID crisis um, definitely helped escalate 
um, not only the business side of it, but also the community side of it. Uh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Sonia and Jeff, like, has it been pushing guys to be more independent as trainers? And uh, Sonia, I already know you're pretty much like solo dolo. Not really. I mean, I, um, well, yeah, I, I can say that, um, eventually I don't want to, I don't want to teach for white people because <laughs> that's basically who I'm teaching for. I, I um, so I'm kind of setting myself up now um, with, you know, different projects that I'm working on. Um, so eventually I won't have to. I mean, I still want to be able to, I still want to teach Pilates, obviously. I just don't want to teach for someone. I want to teach for myself. And I also, you know, the the people that I want to teach are, will be more of um, like the, the women that are in my Black Girl Pilates uh, group. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the men that are in, um, the Mellon brothers of Pilates and stuff like that. And also other, like, you know, I mean, so just black people period, but mo- you know, mainly them. Um, so that's, that's the plan right now. And I, I, I have a, um, I mean, if you looked on my Instagram, <laughs> mm-hmm. I have, um, I have a webinar coming up and that's kind of part that. of that plan. Um, by doing, you know, this intro to anti-racism for, you know, for these Pilates studios and yoga studios now, um, and expand that to, uh, larger, larger gyms, Mike Equinox, who needs that shit really bad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all the other boutique places. And so that's my plan to be able to just kind of, um, you know, be more independent that way and yet still, you know, still teach Pilates and mm-hmm. sing every now and then if I want to and um you know and all that other other activist stuff that I might want to do so but okay. yeah I'd like to that's the plan I'm working towards it and what about you Jeff yeah so I think it um I think for myself being as like where I mean like we have like Joseph and Sonia right I think we're all in like different parts of our like fitness career you know, obviously, Sonia um, has far more experience than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Joseph does uh, fitness classes and he you know, has this great relationship with Barry's. And so for myself, being that I'm more like a one on one personal trainer and I'm very much for giving back to my community um, and just the community I grew up with in general. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I have, um, you know, uh, friendships with people from you know, Puerto Rican, Black, um, you know, Caribbean. So just giving back, being able to give back to my community in the sense of me being able to educate them from what I've learned, right? And so Mm -hmm. that being my goal or my, you know, checkpoint for the moment, I will continue to, you know, work at at Equinox. And, you know, the reason I, I started working at Equinox was because of the resources. They have a really... Um, well put together education system, especially That's facts. they do. They are the best out there. I will say that about them. So, mm-hmm. so when I, when I'm, you know, as you asked the question, I started thinking, well, you know, to me, I view Equinox as a resource for education and mm-hmm. definitely the clients that I've gotten um, outside of Equinox uh, via the, you know, um, like other platforms, like, um, I mean, I'm sorry, from other gyms like Blink and other places that I worked at, and so they're not conflicting. I'd play both sides. I'd maintain, you know, the online business 
that mm-hmm. I've uh, created for myself with, you know, the five clients I got right now. And then when things go back, you know, to somewhat normal, um, I'll still continue to use uh, Equinox as a education uh, resource. And, you know, from there, um, you know, whatever happens, happens. But I think, you know, for now, as far as, you know, what the game plan is for the next six weeks, that's pretty much, uh, you know, the, the approach I'm taking. And I think that that that's the approach that serves me best. And that's why I was saying, you know, for Sonia, I think it may be, you know, different um, as far as what may benefit her, as far as what choices she makes. But I think for now, um, that really gives me what I want in all directions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, go ahead, oh, Justin. Go, go, okay. go, 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 go. Um, I was going to ask, because we, we still have a good amount of time left, not that we need to necessarily stretch um, or belabor anything, but I am curious um, to dig a bit more into, Sonia, your specific philosophy. So obviously up top, we talked about how um, Joe is the only, I think, Joe, you said you're the only black trainer at your specific location for Barry's? Um, in the city, um, in the necessarily. City. Yeah, we have um, a black trainer, um, a female in Scarsdale. Um, gotcha. But as like, uh, like, um, yeah, in the city. In the city. <laughs> like NYC. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. So that's, that's a pretty like startling, you know, um, uh, statistic. And, and I'm not, you know, I mean, I don't want to turn anybody anti anything. Again, I sit I wake up, I play PS4, I go back to sleep. Like I'm not the person to ask about <laughs> advice on which gym to go to. But I, but I am, uh, <laughs> with that in mind, I wanted to kind of, um, you know, Sonia, I think you're the only person I can really, I should, I should say, you're the only person I can see consistently talking about um, racism or, or race difference in the fitness world. And that wasn't really a, a sphere that I had thought about before. Medically, you know, I was listening to 1619, which is, I don't know if it's like, I don't want to- I haven't listened to that, but I definitely want to- Yeah, 1619 is another podcast. Um, it's based off of this New York Times article that was written about basically the development of Black American life after slavery. Um, well, at, not, at the beginning of slavery and then through it, um, and the Jim Crow era and everything that was kind of set mm-hmm. up and stacked against people of color in, in this country. And one of those points is, you know, uh, the medical field is very um, uh, uh, inherent. Yeah, racist <laughs> against, yeah. against, against black people. Yeah. yeah, but I was, just to get to the questions on you, is like, what are some ways, and I guess specifically about black women, that you see they're disadvantaged in fitness? And is it their access to it, their knowledge about it? Is there their access to it as... Um, as trainers and as people who want to become fit, like where does that, how does that philosophy, mm-hmm. um, how did that start for you? Because, you know, you are the Angela Davis of fitness. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm actually, I do have a friend of mine, you guys can follow her um, named Chrissy, Chrissy King. Mm-hmm. And she does also talk about the same thing, I think, but our, our subjects are different. So she's a little bit more broader. She talks about uh, body positivity, also Got racism, you. all kinds of things like that. Um, whereas mine is more honed in on um, how it affects uh, the black community and fitness and stuff like that. Um, and I mean, as you notice, I mean, except for probably berries, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, definitely at Equinox, the majority of your trainers, most of the, your trainers are going to be black or brown. They're going to look like us. Pretty yeah, much. The majority I noticed of them. it um, when I went there. For yeah, months. the, and for sure, the uh, janitorial staff, although this not necessarily has much to do with fitness, but it kind of does because they clean up after us. Mm-hmm. They all 
are not white folks. That's for damn sure. Mm. Okay. So a lot of them are, you know, they're, they're immigrants and stuff like that um, in some sort of way. Um, But as far as like um, for black women, um, we, we get to a certain, certain level and then uh, things stop. Um, what I have noticed with Equinox um, after I left is that they have promoted several um, Black um, managers to like group fitness manager, regional manager, and all this stuff like that. And that ha- that's happened in the last few years. Um, but certainly when I was there, that shit was not happening. Mm. Um, and I don't know if it's just... I can't say if it was just that we didn't want to, or maybe we did, and we just weren't given the given the uh, given the opportunity. I think it's more of not given the opportunity because mm-hmm. I did see a lot of my coworkers who did try to get management positions, and these are black people, you know, and brown people too, um, and they didn't get them. But such and such from who just got out of college is coming right, to manage right, right, me. Right, right, you right, know, right, yeah. <laughs> it's just like what? You know, it makes no sense. And so when you look at um, the like the fitness conferences that you, you know, that you, you know, some of you go to, um, you, you know, what's what's the one um, that um, what's his name? There's one called. Um, uh, per- perform better, perform better, perform better. conference. If you look mm-hmm. at the the speakers every year it's the same motherfuckers <laughs> and none of them look like us none of them none right. of them look like us yeah um and so like what's that about you know like okay so there's not um you don't know anybody out there who has the same expertise or even better than you um mm. yeah there are i actually just happen to know a hell of a lot of those people um mm. from equinox and again as much as i I think Equinox is a piece of shit most of the time, but their, um, their trainers are the best and they do train them well, you know? So if you want to find some good folks, they're there pretty much because they give them education, just the best hands down. But, you know, with conferences, um, even management within, you know, the gyms and even the boutiques too, and they just as bad, you know, you don't see, um, you don't see us at the top. And here's mm-hmm. the thing that we have to realize, though, that even if they put us at the top or somewhere at the top, there is still a system that we have to function under. Of course. And that system um, is not um, a system that includes us at all. So we have to, um, wherever we are underneath that system, we have to work within that system and we have to do what that system tells us to do, which mm. AKA is systemic racism mm. or institutional racism. That's basically what it is. So they, they give us what they think we want up until a certain point, but they still are going to control um, everything um, outside of, you know, outside of the gym and inside yeah. the gym because they still have the system in place. And at the very, very top of, um, of this system or part of the system is there's nobody still that looks like any of us at the very, very top, maybe mm-hmm. for regional. Um, I think the regional, the, not the regional, the, um, 
the national PT person is a black man, I think. And he's been around for thousands of years. Um, <laughs> yeah, literally. I can't remember what his name is. Morgan but, Freeman? Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, he's literally been around since Equinox, I think, it opened. Hmm. Um, and Equinox opened like, what, the 70s, public. the 80s? Well, whenever Equinox, so I think they were around 90s. the 80s or something, late 80s, 90s, something like that. Yeah. Wow. But, um, you know, you still, even if you give me the, the smoke screen with, you know, with that, you know, they still have a system that they got to work under. And that system, they still have to function inside that system and do what that system asks them to do. Right. I hear you. That's still yeah. what's going to happen. So they could say, um, you know, for instance, they could, you know, um, Jeffrey's manager could say, let's say he had a black manager and he's like, I think that he's ready to go on and be a PT. I forget. They have different names there, but um, he could go on to be a PT manager at one of the other clubs. He's done excellent. His sales are fantastic. His clients love him, all this kind of stuff like that. Um, you know, but um, above him, the person could say, well, you know, I know that he's like the best, um, he's the best there at Columbus Circle. Yes, he's got awards. He's done all this. I hear great things about him. That's fantastic. He makes all this money for our club, you know, but I really have this young man, in, you know, in my mind um, that I'd like to bring on. He's, you know, he's right out of college. He used to be a college athlete, blah, blah, blah. And they'll do shit like that. Damn. They'll they'll do shit like that. And, you know, of course, it'll be some white kid, you know, who's never managed in his entire life. And he'll come in and try to, you know, they'll they'll have him manage a group of people who's, you know, should have been promoted. Yeah. And right. So those are the things that you see. Um, and you don't really think about it because you're like, oh, Equinox did a great job by putting all these people that look like me, you know, um, that I can relate to, you know, at these kind of high level positions. But they're really not. They're just there as a smokescreen. They still have to mm -hmm. do what the system tells them to do. And yeah. they will never, if they do go above where they are, they're still going to be functioning in that system. And it's so like, yeah. yeah, it's like we, were, we talked about this a little bit on our last episode, Jude, but you asked about tokenism. Oh, yeah. And you, mm -hmm. I mean, we do see that in, in all aspects of, of society, for sure. Um, and, I mean, I guess it comes down to the same things, you know, uh, advertisement you know, who looks good mm -hmm. in what position, Yeah. you know, and, and, and what are we used to seeing, you know, and um, mm -hmm. it is, uh, um, it can definitely feel like, I guess, disheartening, you know, um, for either pe people who are coming in or people who obviously have been in the game yeah. for a long time. It's like, cause then these things like nepotism come in, you know, someone's grand nephew from mm -hmm. Princeton, <laughs> you know, gets yeah. Uh, passed over uh, passed over you for promotion so um, but even so with that justin on another note you know even with you know equinox sort of changing their face and we're seeing all these all of a sudden we're seeing like all these different black and brown people and gay people and all this stuff like that they weren't doing you know not that long ago they weren't doing that shit you know hmm. um and even like for you know and you guys probably love where you work and that's cool you know even with like Barry's boot camp you know, why, why the hell are you the only person? And you yeah. know what they're, what they're going to do is they're going to be like, somebody come in, like, I don't see no black people here. Oh, we got, we got Joe. Mm -hmm. That's tokenism right there. It's like, yeah, but he's just one black person. His experience is not the same as mine. He doesn't speak for black, all black people, just like Jeffrey doesn't speak for all Mexican people. Like, don't ask me. You Even know? though he is Captain Latin America. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you don't speak for the entire Mexican population. 
Joseph mm-hmm. doesn't speak for the entire black population or whatever his, you know, other cultural background Jamaica. is. Jamaica. You just don't. Okay, so Caribbean. <laughs> so, you know, my my kids are half Caribbean too. But I mean, they, you don't speak. You don't speak for Jamaicans. You don't for all Jamaicans. You don't speak for Beanie Man and, you know, and all that. Um, you know, so they they take that and, you know, they take you and the other, you know, the other young lady and they're like, hey, but we got a black man. We got a we got a black woman and they're the best. And there you go. That's not enough. That's just like that's just a smokescreen to me. And have you gotten more black people to come to Barry's boot camp just because you're there? Has it increased? Is it the same amount of, you know, is it still is it probably the same? You might get a few. But, you know, you're still going to have the same, same white folks that come, you know, and Joe is so great and girl, you know, da, 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 I love his class and whatever. And I'm sure that you are excellent, you know, and I believe that both of you are excellent. But at the end of the day, you know, even the fitness um, and wellness spaces, they don't give a damn about us, y'all. They really don't. And so it's up to us um, to let them know that we know that you don't give a damn. You know, mm-hmm. um, because just because we're in wellness and fitness, it doesn't mean that we're not affected by racism. When all of that stuff was going on about, you know, the um, about those Mexican families being, you know, their kids being taken away and shit like that. Was anybody asking you if you was OK? Because you're Mexican. That's your culture. That's your people. Mm-hmm. You could have had for all we know, you could have had people who were in the same predicament. They could have been mm-hmm. the ones on the news. You know, but they don't give a damn. They're just like, are you making your numbers? Did you talk to such and such? Did you turn your reports in? Did you do all your sessions? They don't give a fuck. They really don't. They say that they do, but they don't. They can have as many parties as they want, but they they don't. Yeah, and I agree, you know, Sonia. I think um, I've definitely experienced that firsthand. You know, I I, I have noticed, um, I've been working at uh, Equinox for a little bit over six months now. And, you know, there was uh, these weeks of like, you know, new, new trainers coming in and, you know, this trainer is going to be staying here, but this trainer is going to be going there. And I, and I started to, you know, relate to the trainers and a lot of them didn't really, their main focus really wasn't training. Uh, three of them were actors. Uh, mm-hmm. Two of them were uh, doing, they were in med school, but they were doing this as like a, a side hustle or something. So I definitely agree that, you know, there has been a, a change and as far as like the demographic in which Equinox is hiring. And I think just overall, a lot of big gyms, right? Um, and I think, you know, uh, with my experience of that, the way that I manage that is really just, you know, understanding that, you know, I can do the same thing and treat them as a resource. Because the, the thing is, I, I don't I don't see myself working at Equinox, you know, for whatever. And they want you to. I mean, you hopefully, yeah, they hopefully, lock you down hopefully the, uh, the the vice president is not <laughs> listening to this. But you know, they, they yeah. want they want you to stay there. They want you to be there. That's why they have all these fucking tears. And, you know, I think it really depends on it comes down to what the person who's in that position wants. Right. Because absolutely. I can I, I definitely use it as a resource. I definitely mm-hmm. have plans of, you know, having my own gym, right? Whether it be, mm-hmm. you know, a gym in Jersey in some suburban area in Jersey or, you know, maybe somewhere in Mexico. I don't know, whatever. The mm-hmm. point is, though, that I, I use that as like building blocks to get me closer to what I want. But I, again, 100% agree with you. I think that, mm-hmm. 
Um, that is something that is very much real and very much something that people aren't aware of just because it's 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 never really been brought up. And, you know, with yeah. that, I want to, you know, I really like what you've been saying, Sonia, as far as giving back to, you know, um, our community or my community. Mm-hmm. As yeah. A, and real quick, you know, as a, yeah. yeah so go ahead. When, when it comes to giving back, me and Sonia met at a gym who said they wanted to give back, but they they don't <laughs> yeah no and that's and that's exactly my point right but like so, it's it's difficult though because you want to it's either like you're trying to go for your livelihood or help out your communities yeah. Yeah. and it's just difficult and it's splitting because you know the hood's not going to pay you're not going to get a grant to you know get the hood brolic right. right yeah but you know what you could do though is you know create a subscription service where you know, you're doing, um, you're having each member that you know pay $15 a month for a, you know, monthly subscription to you, you know, the trainer putting in the amount of work to, to set up that platform so that they're constantly getting, you know, this um, stream of knowledge and, and just exercises and articles. Because, you know, like, like I said at the beginning, fitness is so complex. The human body is so complex. You know, we should not be giving, you know, simple answers, or I shouldn't as a trainer, should not be giving these simple answers that, yeah, do that. And that's going to get you there. It's far more complex than that. Yeah. Um, and setting the whole physical aspect aside, just psychologically um, uh, adopting a new behavior and stuff like that. But um, be, yeah. So getting back to my point, you know, growing up as a Mexican, especially in the projects where I think I was the only Mexican there. I, I mean, this was, we moved in, I think uh, 2001, so mm-hmm. the Mexican community was in, in East Harlem was pretty scarce. You wouldn't really see any. Um, mm-hmm. And so my my parents grew up, you know, in Mexico. They didn't finish. They didn't go to high school, whatever. So they didn't really have, they didn't take a nutrition class. They didn't, mm-hmm. you know, nobody explained to them why, the, why we need to eat a certain amount of food. So yeah. when I think about giving back to the community, I, I really think about, you know, how can I get as many people um, from let's just say a certain demographic as far as income, like I, yeah. I try, I try not to uh, think too much because they they may be that that one kid from India that you know because I'm not Indian I'm not gonna you know help him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to look at it more as income because I think when I, when we look at income, everyone kind of faces the same challenges when you're making the same amount of money. And and historically, you know, these a lot of racial divides were born out of economic stratification. Exactly. The sort of the the first usages of of the terms black and white were used to delineate, you know, people who were rich and poor, rich and poor. Yeah. So, so, you know, uh, thank you for that, Justin. I think, um, you know, when I think of giving back, it's just, you know, trying to get as much knowledge out there as possible, you Mm -hmm. know, um, I know a lot of people, like a barber that I, I used to know, died from you know the the uh, from having the COVID nineteen, um, and it was because what he do he cut hair twelve hours a day, probably go home, probably you know indulge himself in you know watching TV or or just having a a, a beer or whatever, and so having that lifestyle you know, for X amount of years, you know, you think you're fine, but then, you know, something, an illness comes out, right? Like the COVID-19 and your whole life is gone. So really just trying to get that idea across everybody that everything that we do 
has an effect on the body. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so I, re- I really, I really enjoyed, um, you know, hearing you talk about that, Sonia, because it very mm-hmm. much uh, yeah. comes in line with what I, with what I try to get across, especially with just people who have no idea where to start. Yeah. Do you, yeah. um, do, what about you, Joseph? Uh, like, how do you feel like you, um, you uh, like manage that with people? Jeff is basically a co-host. I, I love bad. how he always just <laughs> yeah, in the conversation. He's always checking on people. I love it. No, I no, no, want to keep everyone. <laughs> no, I'm the I, love. I love listening. I love listening, and then I like I talk after. I love listening. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean I, I agree with both of you like 100. percent I mean you guys literally took the words right out of my mouth when it came to um, the way I thought about the fitness industry when I decided to join it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, I mean, what I love about not only just being the only um, black person is the fact that all eyes are on me and it gives me such a platform to help people grow in a sense and give them more knowledge on like who I am, why I do what I do and how I can help benefit you and show you why I can do something better than these other people can. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's just like kind of just being put in the spotlight, um, which is cool. Um, for instance, if you look at celebrities like Kevin Hart running his own, um, Hart Productions and you have mm-hmm. like Tyler Perry owning his own, you know, movie studios, stuff like that. It's like every, all eyes are on them. And then when they do great things, it like, it like manifests and it just blows mm-hmm. up. So I feel like me being the only, um, black person kind of draws the community in more, mm-hmm. um, because they're like, all right, well, you know what? we want to go to him then and we want to connect with him and then we're going to bring more people to connect with him. And then it kind of just builds the brand um, more. Um, but like for what you guys were saying, like I wholeheartedly like agree with exactly what you guys are saying, especially with like, you know, the token thing and um, especially with the income and how it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. I also will say this, um, which I'm, I think you said it, Jeffrey, what I, if I were to give you guys any advice at all, um, and working for like Equinox um, and Barry's Bootcamp and all these other places is that, um, and this is just something that I learned, you have to know going into these really big um, name places mm-hmm. why you're going there. 100%. Yes. Um, and and you once you determine why you're going there, you have to go in there like, this is what I'm going to get and this mm-hmm. is what I'm going to take away. And my plan is in X amount of time, a year or two years or three years, you know, I'm going to get this stuff and then I'm, I'm deuces, you know, Mm -hmm. because just like you never want them to feel like they're using you, Mm -hmm. you want to use them. Mm -hmm. So you let them think that they're using you because they're like, oh, I just got, you know, I got Joseph out here just on, you know, this, that and the third or whatever. You're like, okay, thank you. But you mm-hmm. know what? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna use their shit. Yeah, right? like, so like, like, like what oh, Jeff was saying. No, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm using you to get what I need. So I'm gonna take all I'm gonna take your shit and all the shit that I learned from mm-hmm. you, and then after a while, I'm gonna deuce it out, and then I'm gonna go <laughs> out there and I'm gonna be way bigger than what you think that I would have been with you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, AKA Robin Hood. Better. Yeah, for yeah. real. <laughs> And so Um, what you were saying, Jeffrey, was pretty much what I'm saying now is that you went, you saw Equinox as a resource, 
mm-hmm. not as some place that you're going to be forever. And maybe there will be people who, who will be there. God bless their soul, but that's fine. You know, that's everybody's choice. we got a free will, but you knew going in, I'm going in because they have, they have the best, um, training out there for personal trainers, hands down. They do. Nobody can fight that. Mm-hmm. Um, hands down. They do. I'm going to go in. I'm going to learn what type of clients that I like to work with and get all this free ass e- education. They're going to give me and discounted education. And then I'm going to look around and see, you know, okay, well, I think I'm straight now. I got what mm-hmm. I needed from them. And then I'm going I'm to piece it out. And that's what you do. You know, you don't, you, you let them think you're going to drink the Kool-Aid, but you don't, you pour it out. You take it and you pour it out when they walk away. That's what you do. You use them. Don't let them use you because they've used many a people. And a lot of folks have been, you know, have been injured, you know, emotionally because of that shit. But that's why Mm -hmm. you have to know why you're going into a place, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, so you leave with everything. That's a advice. To laying everything up, what have you guys been doing at part of your workout routines to stay brolic throughout, you know, mm-hmm. shutdown? Like, have y'all been going outside, going for oh, runs? I, I ran once on Thursday, <laughs> and yo, <laughs> yo, I, my I, dumb I, ass decided to run in these Roshi runs, and my feet were hurt for like a week. I'm just like, <laughs> hell no. You never want to run in those. <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> I like Shrek. <laughs> um, I mean, I can go off that. I mean, um... I want to say like my fitness regimen kind of switched up because I, I was big on the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't change on the effort that I put into my training. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still going at it. You know, I'm still getting crazy. Um, we actually, uh, me and my homeboy, Jack, we probably saw walking the camera with no <laughs> shirt on. Um, but he's in the back now in the backyard. We just, um, you know, got a barbell with some plates and whatnot. So we've been lifting um, pretty heavy back there. Um, but we're also going to be meeting up with um, one of my other coworkers from Barry's, um, Sasha, who is from Latin America, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're meeting up with her and her boyfriend at the park, and we're going to do some heavy lifting there as well mm-hmm. with some kettlebell work. Um, so as, um, <laughs> as yeah, just to tie it all in, um, other than not being able to do exactly what I did before, which is like the heavy lifting and shit like that, my energy stayed the same. You know, I'm still attacking it. I'm I'm not going to change who I am because I'm quarantined. You get what I'm saying? I'm still going yeah. at it and I'm still helping people achieve the same exact thing. Nothing should change other than the fact that people are inside. Mm-hmm. That's what do you guys think? Yeah. That's uh, dope, man. I, 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 um, with my experience, um, you know, I definitely, uh, like, well, where do you live, Joseph? Do you? Um... I'm actually in Bedside. I'm right in Bedside. Okay, yeah. So, like, because I I'm more like um, in like East Harlem, I I find it really difficult to like be able to go to like the calisthenics park because that's shit mm-hmm. oh my god, I'm tired of that looking at these this shit. Um... I'm dudes, no shirt on, doing muscles without the glove. I'm like, yo, come on, come on, get out of here. Steve, it's Vaughn. It's Vaughn out there. Vaughn. Shout yeah. out to Vaughn. <laughs> But um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I took a, a little bit of a different approach. I wanted to try something new out, you know, um, and I really wanted to take the time to address a lot of mobility issues that I really wouldn't be able to address because I do good procrastination, right? Oh, well, let mm-hmm. me write this client's program rather than, you know, to spend 15 minutes on my shoulder working, mm-hmm. you know, X yeah. and Y. Um, so, yeah, so I've been taking advantage of doing that. I mean, I, I've been working on like um 
you know, trying to understand how to um, cycle now. So I bought a bike. Nice. Uh, yeah, a nice bike, uh, a Bianchi bike, which I, I'm like in love with. But uh, just understanding, like, uh, being new to cycling and just yeah, that's all amazing. The, the the freaking um, different training modalities, the way you 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 uh, maintain your pace. I mean, it's mm. like it's like I'm starting all over again with, with a nice foundation of knowledge, which yeah. is what yeah. I like. I, I like to learn. You know, I, and, I, I find, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and you know, you're obviously, um, we alluded to it briefly earlier, but you're a martial artist. You train with us as well. And, you know, you play jujitsu and, and, and all these other things. So that is also, we've all been, de- the three of us as in mm-hmm. Jude, uh, myself and Jeff have been dealing with mm-hmm. how we keep up that aspect of our training mm-hmm. oh, yeah. know, in the, in the quarantine as well. Um, and, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm about to um, kidnap my sister and start taking her to Riverbank Park to like hit pads. So she had to like train her, you know, resume her, resume her self-defense training and also like get myself active. But um, I mean, I've, I've been, uh, Jeff has been invaluable to our dojo just to um, keep you up real quick. As far, I mean, and he was doing this before the quarantine, but like every, every night when we'd come in for class, he would leave like a 10 to 15 minute warm up, doing stuff that Mm. like, you know, I mean, you could walk into any boxing gym and it was, okay, give me 30, you know, push ups and give me a bunch of jumping jacks or whatever. And like, that's cool. But the stuff that Jeff is doing is, is finely tuned to our, our bodies, making our bodies better at martial arts. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's yeah. just dope. So I, I really appreciate you for that, Jeff. And oh, yeah, of course, man, anytime. And, you know, like I <laughs> share with you guys at the end of the call, I, um, I enjoy teaching. I enjoy, you know, sharing what I've learned because. I was that person that didn't know why, you know, their shoulder hurts. Or right. Yeah. Why. Mm. yeah. That's so frustrating, man. I don't think it is honestly ever, dude, I don't think I can ever, you know, emphasize how frustrating it is because you feel helpless. Yeah. yeah. It's that lack of knowledge. That's really, yeah. yeah, dude, you feel like you're stuck in this like cycle of pain and then, mm-hmm. and then you get a trainer that tells you, well, you know, we'll strengthen your shoulder. And then you're like, how? Ice it. <laughs> yeah. And then there's studies now, you know, there's studies now that came out that surfaced about how icing, you know, does the exact opposite, how yeah. it, it stops the, um, the blood from healing the muscles and, and just, it just stops the whole healing process and it prolongs mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, no, but, but going back to the classes, uh, that's something that I very much enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I've, that was the first time I've ever done like, uh, a class um, where I'm actually, you know, following along and doing all the reps. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Joseph knows this, like, it's hard to be able to say a nice, clean sentence while doing mm-hmm. everything, everything you're telling your, your clients to do. So, so that's been fun. Um, and yeah, I enjoy it. I, I'm not, I never really saw myself as a, you know, fitness uh, class instructor, but I think uh, my my mind has kind of shifted. I, I think I'm more open to that. But yeah, definitely, thanks. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. I, I got to watch uh, jo- uh, Joseph and uh, take a few notes because <laughs> yeah, man, you could definitely learn a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I think I think you guys will like it. It's 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 like learning any trade. I mean, like jumping behind the bar. Within three weeks, you're gonna know every drink. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just the matter of. Um, taking that step and just putting your foot in mm-hmm. and then eventually your whole leg gets wet. So mm-hmm. yeah, someone, jump in. And Sonia yeah. to jump into the mix with um what you've been doing um, during COVID <laughs> to stay brolic, stay dangerous. Well, I don't consider myself 
frolic anyway. Um, you're a power lifter. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's it's so hard because you know, um, a I don't have a backyard, and mm. um, you know, to power lift, you need certain equipment. You need a and, lot of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do have friends who are literally still training, but I mean, they're kind of on a national level um, versus <clears throat> me who's still pretty much on a local level, <clears throat> um, you know, um, competing and still very new to the sport. Um, so I haven't. Um, the last time I was actually under a barbell was like in January. Sheep. That was the last time I was under a barbell. Um, so now I'm really doing a lot more Pilates mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. than I ever have done um, because a whew, powerlifting just I mean it's it's great but it, it really does something to your body because I mean it's a mm-hmm. lot of weight yeah, you know, yeah pulling and pressing and squatting mm-hmm. you know three four and five days a week yeah um, it's a lot and you don't I didn't feel it until after I hadn't been training for a while. And I was like, Whoa, you know, and I, how did I ever do this? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm like, I am 51 years old. So, I mean, the body's different, but, mm-hmm. um, but, woo, you know, it definitely, <laughs> um, up on you. so, but I am glad that I've had, that I've been able to sort of take a break from, from powerlifting for a little bit, because when I go back, I'm going to have a, um, a bigger appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, I go back stronger in a different kind of way. So um, I do, I do miss it a lot and I do miss going into the gym and, you know, and just putting my resting bitch face on, and, you know, mm-hmm. stuff. So, I mean, I do miss it a lot. And I just wonder, am I ever going to get, you know, am I ever going to be able to go back, you know, and yeah. how am I going to be able to do this? Um, but yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what I've been doing is just, you know, besides doing 51 burpees. <laughs> the other day, I died from burpees, push-ups. Yeah. Uh, God, I just tired of it. <laughs> well, as is um, uh, tradition, we have a a little bit of a you know um, a tradition on the show where we ask everyone what their song of the week is. But I think to theme it specifically to this group, um, what's everyone's favorite workout song? Oh God, we use that to if, if you oh. can think of one. <laughs> You can. <laughs> um, I'll be bumping. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you, uh, we'll we'll yeah. we'll let the the host start. Um, I have a whole. Okay, so I told you guys. I just told you guys. I don't work out, but I. Um, I mean, I do. Uh, whenever I do decide that I w- I feel like doing it, I have this playlist just because I like making playlists for things. Mm-hmm. So, um, I will pull mine up right now, and I'll go ahead and uh, give you guys time to think about yours. Me and Jude will go and then we'll let the guests go. Um, And then, you know, I'll close us out because I want you guys to get on to, you know, all the pressing and and heaving that you feel like doing. Um, I guess for me, um, my top, if we're just doing three, um, that's usually what we do in no particular order. I really like Prisoner by Lupe Fiasco. Okay. Okay. I was in that first Creed trailer a few years ago. Mm -hmm. it's something to me. I was like, I feel like I want to box for, like I want to be a professional boxer now. So I put that on whenever I'm uh, shadow boxing, usually. Um, mm-hmm. Prisoner, Long Live the Chief by Jadena, and um, Everybody Dies by Logic. Nice. It's, it's a dark oh, no, title, like, but it's dude, a pretty yeah, nice song. I like that. It's a good song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I, 
the work on me my work on music is also just like me walking around music so i'm just constantly (laughs) (laughs) so um i gotta say blackout um by dmx with jay-z and the locks Mm -hmm. um i gotta plug in freddie gibbs with that Giannis. of course and um i'm really just trying to scroll because i feel like i'm saying the same songs over and over again like all i do is listen to griselda jesus christ uh new level uh ferg oh yeah that's a good one that'll get you hype who's ready (laughs) like joe Um, has (laughs) i mean i mean i'm just a lover of music i just grew up around music you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying so i love to just just bump like just Mm -hmm. blast that shit in my ears um (laughs) i think it would be easier for me to say that i bump um whenever i work out a lot of like Meek Mill, the baby, uh, Lil gotcha. Baby. But if you want to get like song specific, I mean that's hard. I wouldn't say these are my they're my favorite, but they're not specifically like the number one. Yeah. I have mm-hmm. a lot of freaking favorites. <laughs> um but I would say um Meek Mill's intro off of, of course. Uh, his, his new album. Um I would say um the baby, um, I mean Bop or Yes, yeah. Ten toes, stuff like that. That'll do it. And then little baby, uh something to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, I could bump. But I mean, I'm just looking for music, man. Just let's, let's just freaking bump. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> yeah, so um You gotta have some Rashad on that, right, Jeff? Yeah, or... yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um well, I mean for me it depends on what I'm doing, right? So like mm. We're in the squat rack and we're, you know, squatting. I'm definitely listening to something else. But at the moment, because I've been doing a lot of cycling, mm-hmm. I've just been really into um, just, like, melodies and just listening to, like, songs for the sake of just the sound, not too much lyrics. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I will say, though, is, like, my go-to song for writing is 44 Bars uh, by Logic. Mm, it's just something about that like that flow and just and i get up really early because um i've been doing this thing where i like sleep with the blinds open so i Mm. try to like let the wake up with the sun yeah yeah wake up with the sun so i've been waking up like six o'clock and so it's just something about riding in new york city streets you got like this like um Mm -hmm. just melody going through your head and then um what i need and uh by uh nav it's his outro Mm. again just the melodies dude I, I, i'm a really big fan of that yeah and then if i'm like doing some intense like powerlifting shit and i want to get like just like pumped up <laughs> i'll listen to um uh five hours by dioro are you guys familiar with that it's like 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 yeah. um it's like house music but mm. oh gotcha you know, yeah next time you like are about to like start some intense, uh five hours you guys okay. probably heard it um, they butchered it by making a, a remix with like Usher, nothing um, <laughs> against Usher, but just the way they remixed it, just like changed the song completely and turned into a pop song. Gotcha. Not a pop song, but yeah. And then yeah, of course I got Rashad, uh, Isaiah Rashad, um, Kid Cudi, you know, just Willow Smith. I've been um, listening to her music too. Willow Smith is fire. Just like un- yeah. Side more plugs. She's. I have no boundaries when it comes to music. So like, if yeah. you play a song and it's sang in Chinese or some shit, and I'm, 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 I'm gonna listen He's to bumped, that. Yeah. 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 Definitely feel you. Sonia. Well, we don't play music during Pilates, so that's out. Um, oh. And then when I was, um, you know. When I would lift, I never really listened to I never really listened to music because I 
um, pretty much stayed in my head and I wanted mm -hmm. to be aware of what's going on around me because I'm around a bunch of dudes. So yeah, good point. You know, I want to be able to curse them out like quickly. Um, <laughs> she does if, with the quickness. Know, if I were to choose like some songs that I really love nowadays, um, I'm a huge fan of Meg Thee Stallion. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I love her song Savage. Um, the Beyonce remix? Like this um, yeah, that's kind of cool. But I mean, you know, I'm also not, <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a Beyonce fan. Gotcha. Well, uh, it was I mean, double like Texas. Her, not like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It's Tony from Texas. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I thought it was like, you know, that kind of uh, that unity of the, all y'all being from Texas. <laughs> no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of us are that serious about her. Um, I also like this new gentleman called D Smoke. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know D Smoke. Um, he has Black Habits, and I love that song. Yeah. Um, Going way back into like my um, oh, you could take I it there. Like my dad was born in 1959. Cool. So I'm going back like when I was a kid. So because I have a lot of like music when I was a teenager and stuff like that. Um, you know, <laughs> um, one of my. I know this is not really workout music, but this is like music I like to listen to if I want to at least pump myself up half the time. Mm. Um, I'm a big Zap and Roger fan. I don't know if you guys are familiar with. No, I don't know them. Yeah, he should. He's really good. He actually, you know, the um, there's this instrument that you put in your mouth, and it's called a. I forget what it's called, but it sounds. It makes you sound like um, electronic or. You oh, like, it? Uh, like auto tune. No, Maybe. it's not auto tune. Um, but it's doing it like in real time. Uh. Yeah, but it's you put it in your mouth and you kind of you sing into it, and so it it sounds mechanical. A lot of the newer kids use it now, but we were using it before, y'all. Oh, I think I know um, what you're talking about. I think I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've seen. Um... Yeah, so if you listen to um, Zap and Roger, um, mm. he was the beginnings of that. So Scott you guys like time. computer love, gotcha. you guys know computer love, right? You've heard mm -hmm. of computer love, right? I think mm -hmm. it's been I think it's been sampled recently um, by someone. I do love my new edition. As you should. Them. New edition. You need slow jams every now and then. The best yeah. album ever. Like their last <laughs> their album that I forgot what that album is from. Um, let me turn my sound down so I can look and tell you. Um, but this has like if is it if it isn't love is if it isn't love can you stand yep. right now? Kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. that whole album cool it now mm -hmm. was, so no cool it now is previously that was another cool album now. yeah that was another album but. yeah this was um I can't remember the I can't remember um what album this is on hold on I'm gonna tell you probably um I know our friend Josh likes to work out yeah. to slow music like especially because he yeah. has a lot of pressing. So it's this like, is just like music I like listening to. Again, I don't when I a heartbreak. I like to yeah, that's right. Um when I when I lift, I just like I like being in my own head. Like I'm my own music, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. well, that's beautiful. Yeah, um, and I don't mind listening to like rancheras and like a whole yeah. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> yeah. I'll put on the Spanish I playlist, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> if Jude doesn't have anything else to ask. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank our guests for coming on today. And that's going to be a wrap, beloveds. If you want more Uptown Love, you can find our episodes new and old on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. You guys go enjoy your cheat day foods if you have them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As always, we thank you for kicking it with us. Be easy. Peace out. Peace, homie. Peace.